I'd like to dedicate the show to my mother, who died November 2019 before the pandemic. My mother was a very loving and amazing woman who was fascinated by the paranormal. She called it normal. Not only did she research the paranormal, she also studied spirituality, including the teachings of Edgar Casey and The Course of Miracles. The one thing that she always talked about when I was little was UFOs and alien beings. This was because she's from New York State. When she was driving between her hometown, Potsdam, and Santa Clara, New York, her and another car saw an unidentified flying object. They both pulled over, looked up, and the object was so close to them she could see the smooth texture, and she also said she could see windows. They looked at each other, and it disappeared. The craft made absolutely no noise. Throughout my life, she talked about this experience and other experience with beings. So, Mom, here you go. Love you. That brings me to this. I found this amazing author named Lon Strickler. Lon is a paranormal researcher, author, and blogger with a long list of credits. He has written nine books on different paranormal topics, but one book particularly entitled Alien Disclosure caught my attention. We'll talk with Lon about the book and more tonight on the podcast. So let's go. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I have a very special guest, Lon Strickler. He's written several books and has done a lot of research. Welcome, Lon, and thank you so much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm dedicating the show to my mom, as you know, Lon. Um, she was fascinated with this subject, and I've been fascinated for years by it, especially abductees. And I got your book for the first time, and I'm very excited, and I couldn't put it down. It, one of your alien disclosure books, Experiences Exposed to Reality, and I found it fascinating. So thank you for writing that and doing your research. My first question is, what is the most memorable thing you talk to someone about being abducted? Well, I... Um... I had been involved with a gentleman uh, named David Eckhart for well over a decade now, and um, his experiences uh, fascinated it, fascinated me and kind of caught me off guard. But you know, 
as time went on, as I got deeper into what he was experiencing and you know, actually what he was telling me, uh, I, I came to the conclusion uh, that he, there was something really going on there. And uh, his experiences were that he, he was living outside of Pensacola, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, had a home that he built. And at nighttime, he and his wife were hearing all kinds of strange noises in, from coming in the bedroom. And uh, he, he wasn't really sure what was going on. Uh, first, they thought it was some type of paranormal activity, mm-hmm. uh, spirits and entities and such. They, they just didn't know what it was. And as time went on, it was getting a, a bit more bizarre. Then one evening, he experienced what he thought was something walking around in the bedroom. And uh, that's when he started setting up video equipment to capture whatever it was. And eventually he did capture a small humanoid being in the doorway of their bathroom. Uh, He caught a couple of frames he took those frames and, and put it in a loop. I've got the video on my on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he did, then that's how I discovered him. He had had um, he had been dealing with uh, other investigators, in, in particular Mufon, who were really not interested in what was going on with him. You know, Mufon. They're more interested for the most part in the nuts and bolts with craft and such, as opposed to, I mean, lights and as opposed to beings or, or entities. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I got on the phone with him when we talked a great deal and he told me the situation with this humanoid. And as, you know, as time went on, he was continued telling me, uh, about the abductions that he and his family were experiencing, and in fact, uh, he had he had two children living there at the time, his son and daughter, and uh, all four of the family members were being abducted. Wow. Now, uh, what what happened would was that a portal would open up in the bedroom. Um. And all kinds of strange noises would emanate from this portal, uh, a lot of weird things. But one thing that started early was that David realized that he was being singled out for these abductions for whatever reason. And I still don't believe he, he knows why after all these But David had a very severe case of rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, very, very bad case of it. And uh, they literally, these beings literally came into his bedroom and performed surgery on him on four consecutive nights. I mean, he, at the end of each night, they they stitched it back up. Where he never did see any marks or anything, but they were progress. He was progressively getting better, and. Uh, you know, after these four nights, he was fine. He had no, he had no reoccurrence or any pain whatsoever. Wow. And he knew something was going on. So anyway, the way he described it was, uh, 
that these um, these gray-like beings would come into the bedroom. Occasionally, the be a reptilian being would be overseeing what was going on, and they would literally take him and his family through a portal into an area which he believes was an underground area on on this planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had the opportunity to see a lot of different things that, you know, were just crazy to him. But this one particular reptilian was assigned to him. Now, this reptilian being told David that, look, I don't like humans. I don't particularly like you. And, you know, <laughs> what I'm, I'm told to do. And uh, But this went on with this this group of beings for several years. Uh, now, what he did experience in this underground cavern, uh, in which I described in a book, was they, the deep beings, these rept- reptoids, had like a community down there. They were actually living in uh, certain spaces like families would live in, in a residential area. But there were also other alien beings and humans that they were using for labor. Wow. So um, as years went by and, and he continued, the abductions continued. And look, there were sometimes he was being, the family was being abducted twice or three times a week. Wow. And this continued on for many, many years. And uh, he, uh, on one occasion, he recalls that he was taken uh, on a stretcher, <laughs> stretcher-like thing, and taken into, a, into an experimental room or where there were other reptoids doing experiments on humans. And what they were doing, they were literally going into live humans, taking organs and and such out of them. And uh, David said that they were literally disposing of these bodies in some type of furnace-like contraption. I mean, where they literally would drop from the top into this this, I don't know, this, this mechanism and they were disposed of. So, um, you know, it didn't seem to phase any of the beings, just reptilian, just, it was kind of like matter of fact to him. Oh my. Yeah. I mean, so this was, uh, this is what he was was telling me. Um, you know, after I, you know, I was, David was actually also taking a lot of photographs and, video of of the encounters in in the bedroom um and, and i'll be honest with you a lot of this has never been released um i i you know i have been reluctant to release a lot of it but there have been a few things from that time even up to modern times to mm-hmm. current that i had put in the book of photographs that he has taken but uh yeah there's a and as, as of now, he's still having encounters, but the factions involved in these encounters are much different. I mean, they've kind of evolved to there's more seem to be more humans involved with these uh, abductions, really? but it's more, it's more encounters as opposed to abductions. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a variety of, of beings that have been involved with these uh, these encounters. Uh, they seem to change every few years or so. Uh, there, there is one particular 
being who seems to be running the show. It's a female that looks human, and David calls her Beth. Yeah. Uh, that she comes through, and when they transport now, they come through. Um, well, I, I would say it's called a transport. It's not like they come through the wall. Right. Uh, a blue light flashes as column comes through, and they either exit or enter into this thing and just disappear or reappear. And uh, that seems to be the mechanism that's being used more and more, uh, you know, in the last several years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's at the point where that's the point we're at now. And, um, you know, th- there's been a lot of weird things that have happened. Um, I have seen, and, you know, I, I haven't disclosed any of these photographs, but sure. David has had literally what he believes are abducted children show up at his place. They would show these children to him. Mm-hmm. And I do have a picture of one of them. Uh, clear as day. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but, you know, during, during the early part of his encounters, um, the, he'd be in bed sleeping and a lot of times, and I, you know, I don't know how, how rated we are going to be on, he and his wife would be engaged in, in sex. And, um, these female beings would come through and literally jump on top of him while they were having oh. relations and, and try to breed with him. And he used to tell me about that. And at one point, a couple of years ago, he was having issues with these beings just showing up. He was getting kind of tired of it, and he was refusing to cooperate with them. And mm-hmm. what they did, they brought forth a female child. And David said, as soon as I saw her, I knew it was mine. <clears throat> but they wouldn't let him interact with her. It was kind of like they were use holding it against him to either cooperate or something's going to happen to this girl. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not a good bunch. I mean, they're, they were very manipulative. They, um, very intrusive. Yeah. And, uh, so that, that's what he's been dealing with with all this, all these years. And, uh, but it's still happening. I mean, it, it, to the, the degree in which it's going on now is different than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. He is still he is still having encounters, and he re- keeps reporting a lot of this different stuff to me. Wow. So it it's kind of strange to think about this, but a lot of missing persons. I sometimes I just wonder if they're not just abducted people that just disappear out of their homes, things like that. Oh, I think I think it is. I really do. I mean, after all the things that I've seen and talked to people about over the years, and in fact, I had a case where uh, a client who I just started working with just suddenly disappeared and never has never showed back up. And uh, if you read the book, it's one of your early Mandy, the the woman that was. I did read that. That scared me to death. (laughs) Yeah, and um, and that was very sad. I had just started working with her and her mother and, um, you know, I, I was the next day that, I mean, the night, the day after I had first talked to them for several hours at night, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he just turns up missing. And, um, you know, that's been almost a decade ago. And I had, I, I tell you that, that case really stunned me. Um, but yeah, she, you know, and I keep tabs with missing persons in the state of Washington and she still has not turned up. Wow. That's, that's very disturbing and very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, the reptilians, I think, are the ones that frighten me the most from all of the books and stuff that I've read. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when I was growing up, my mom was into this very much so, and she didn't talk about the reptilians very much as much as she talked about the grays and the much taller, pale mm-hmm. ones. If there's if there's there has to be several races. Is that what you're gathering from your research? That there's several different kinds and races and intermixing now of these. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily races or species or how you want to define it. Uh, I mean, there are differences, and um, they do seem to form factions where several of these these races or being uh, species uh, work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be more and more of that, uh, you know, I, when you used to talk about abductions, it was usually just one set of beings that would be involved. And as time has gone on, it has evolved into more species during each encounter. And in fact, I, I mean, five, six different types of beings involved in abductions is not unusual now nowadays. And uh, it's, for the most part, very few of them are UFO abductions as opposed to them coming into, say, a bedroom or part of the house and uh, either remove the person from there or just have a single encounter there mm-hmm. and never move them. And in fact, I think a lot of the abductions are ethereal abductions where they just literally take the life force of a, of a human. Or you may want to call it the soul and just take it along with them. And uh, it's like a bi-location thing. And um, the body stays in one location and, and, the, and the, the life force goes somewhere else. Mm. And uh, how they do that, of course, we don't know. But right. I've been getting more and more of that in past years. I, do you think they are more dimensional than they are from another planet? Oh yeah, I, I think I think yeah. the majority of it is dimensional. I do too. Uh, uh, I you know the fact that you know the, <laughs> what people thought were these beings that were flying in craft and and traveling uh, uh, interstellar travel and such. I I don't believe that's the case. Mm-hmm. Now they could be craft, but I think they're they're traveling through some type of wormhole or through some type of gateway. Right. Um, and I think that that is the way most of this, most of these, uh, these beings travel. And in fact, my theory on my theory on these alien beings is I believe that, and it, this is my theory. I believe that the human species uh, is a universal species. And in fact, I believe a lot of what we see nowadays with people report, or evolved humans, either from the, the past or the present. And uh, that's why I, I believe that many 
of these beings look a lot like us as far as having legs and arms and such and walking upright. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I think as time has gone on, it's it's a lot of the uh, evolved humans that have gotten to the point where they they look less human and more like something else, and that they, they have the ability as time has come gone by to time travel Mm -hmm. and to go back into another dimension and go into another time period uh, for whatever reason. I mean, are they coming back to, to, you know, to fix something they screwed up at at an earlier time? I don't know. Uh, But it does does seem like that. It does seem that they, um, they they have a, 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 an unknown reason agenda to keep coming back here. And, uh, you know, it's very, um, you know, we know very little about it, but they do make themselves known and uh, with very little information. I, I mean, some people theorize, well, there's going to be an alien invasion. Well, if that, I, I believe if that ha- it would have happened a long time ago. Who's to say it didn't happen in the future or, you know, maybe maybe we did experience or do experience something like that. But uh, I think there's an agenda other than taking over, taking over a planet. Right. Like when you describe the reptilians, they sound extremely dangerous, like they don't want anything to do with us humans. But yet the way David described them harvesting our body Mm -hmm. parts, what what would they be using those for? Oh, a lot of it's for food. Oh, according to David. Sorry, um, I asked. <laughs> yeah, no, that, 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 you know. Um, other than that, I I really don't know any reason why. Um, you know, I I have had the theory, and people have had the theory that they're using human body part to regenerate themselves to some degree, DNA manipulation or such. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case. I, I really don't. I mean, in some in, in some respects, it may be true when we're talking about uh, other alien beings as opposed to the reptilians. I think the reptilians are doing it for food for the most part. Yeah, um, they sound a little more vile. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny. Some of the things that this being was telling David, which I found very interesting, was that they do believe, like us, for the most part, most people believe in a higher being. Mm-hmm. They do have uh, a certain deity, high deity uh, that they that they refer to and that they worship, basically. And uh, in those respects, I think they're a lot like us. But I think for the most part, you know, in my theory as to why abductions occur, I think it has a lot to do with the human itself, that we have what you call a soul, a life force. That we we feel that when we do die, that we go to another level, we ascend to some type of uh, other reality. And I think a lot of the times when we are people are abducted, humans are abducted. I think they're trying to achieve that because they don't believe in that. They don't feel that they have that ability. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're looking for answers to be able to acquire that. Right. So if they're using those parts as food and the other aliens like the greys and the much taller ones, even though they show up with the other ones, what what would their agenda be? 
Well, I tell you, I've had I've been involved in two encounters and one abduction mm-hmm. um, since 2015. And I do write a tiny bit about in the introduction of the book. But basically, I was I was having encounters with these these three tall gray beings, mm-hmm. and uh, they were they were very tall. They looked almost like alien grays, but they were much taller. And uh, they never talked. You know, everything was projected to be psychically, if you want to call it, or right. however I, I was understanding what they were saying. But on the, the occasion where I was abducted, I was taken to a location. I don't know where it was at. I don't know if it was in a in a craft or what it was. But they were showing me uh, human history and 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 you know things that happened in the past and things that you know uh, times when they did come to Earth and uh, intermingled with human beings. And uh, they were pretty. They were pretty insistent on it. Uh, they were. They showed me how they came to Earth on a huge circular craft that landed in an area where it would now be the Nile Delta, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, this empire that they created. They were intermingling with uh, the the humans that were living in the area and. This was kind of the nexus of most of the uh, most of the empires and most of the civilizations that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the one thing I did ask them, and I never did get an answer to, was is Atlantis. That's the first thing that came to my mind, and I never did mm-hmm. get an answer. So, uh, but I think they were very instrumental in the Fertile Crescent. Uh, what happened in uh, that area? Uh, and the Greeks, and of course, earlier Egyptians. I, I think they were very, very prominent in uh, things that had happened then. Right. So, when they do talk to you, have they talked about our future? Not really. Uh, I, I've never really gotten a whole lot of information about the future, just the past. Interesting. Uh, their interpretation of the past. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I wish it would, I would get some information as to what the future holds because I do think they have an agenda. Now what that agenda is, they're not telling us, or yeah. I don't hear anybody else really telling us anything about it. Uh, but um, yeah, I think they do have something that they're planning to do, but I don't think it's as nefarious as a lot of people think it is. I think it's more about us and them being able to help each other for the most part. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I really don't know what it is. When you experienced these abductions, did you experience the sleep paralysis that is so common? No. Wow. No. I, uh, I literally, you know, the first two times when they showed up, I was out in my, I was out in my living room uh-huh. on my recliner and, and fell asleep and woke up in these three beings were standing beside the chair and uh it it was interesting because all this was going on at a period my wife had gotten cancer and uh just while she was sick 
that was happening. And then about a week after she passed, that's when I was abducted. And, um, you know, all I remember was waking up and seeing them and then being someplace else. I don't remember anything else other than that. Other, until, you know, the time when they sh- started showing me the, what the, you know, their interpretation of history. But right. uh, yeah, I was I was brought back. I know I was gone for a, a decent period of time because when I did come back, it, I, it was light. So I I believe maybe I was gone for about four hours or so, but yeah. I really do believe I was taken somewhere. I don't think I was literally. It was all done by uh, some mind manipulation. I think I was physically taken. That's really interesting. I'm wondering because of, and I'm so sorry to hear about your wife passing. Mm-hmm. That's very difficult. But it seems that since you have been investigating these and you were at a very vulnerable time, it, it seems like they felt like that was a good time to appear to you. Well, you know, it, it, uh, there was a few other things that were going on too during that period of time. That whole, my wife had gotten sick in January of 2015, she passed in November 2015. So between that, those those 11 months, I was and the, my partner who I was working with, Butch. He and I, I was telling him, look, you know, I keep experiencing things that, that pertain to owls. I was uh-huh. seeing, owls, I was hearing about owls. It seemed yep. like owls came up everywhere yep <laughs> it was an interesting phenomena too because um mike cleland had written a book about the um about the the uh experiences he was having with owls and i hadn't read the book until after all this happened but it was very similar to what was happening to me and the night the night i last saw my wife at the hospital she was in a coma so my my son and i came back home that night when I came to my apartment, there was an owl up in the tree in front of my apartment. I had never seen an owl there before. It was up there hooting the storm. And uh, we went into the apartment, and I was I was in the living room, and I kept hearing this thing hooting for about an hour. Then it stopped, and the phone rang, and it was the hospital telling me my wife passed away. Wow. Yeah. So I, you know, Mike and I have talked about this in the past and I, I believe it has, um, has a lot to do with that. And, and it's interesting because about a year later, uh, well, not a year later, several months later, my grandmother, who was 103 had, had passed away. And, uh, after the funeral and everything, I had talked to my dad Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, you know, that the night she passed, there was an owl in the tree that was bugging and just kept him awake all night. Wow. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is just too, too coincidental. This is crazy. So, uh, yeah. And I had never seen an owl there before. <laughs> I have never, you know, so something was going on. Right. You know, you know, the book that Mike, Cleveland wrote was called the messengers. And right. basically I think these were 
these were messengers that were trying to prepare me for her death or to tell me things if something was going to happen. And I, I find it fascinating that I've talked to the people that have been abducted and describe owls quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the affiliation with these creatures are beings and owls are. Well, I have heard other than owls, other types of uh, animals being represented as messengers. But for whatever reason, I think owls are, and I don't know the reason why, I, but it does seem to come up more. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you talk to the indigenous uh, people, for the most part, owls are like harbingers of bad tidings or harbinger of doom. They don't like to see an owl. Mm-hmm. Uh, or have one fly in front of them or something to that effect. They they strictly feel that's taboo. And um I I was associated with several people in the Navajo Nation in uh, New Mexico and Arizona for years. And um I had talked to several of the elders there about that and they kept telling me, yeah, I mean that was that was something to tell you something bad was going to happen. But I didn't really get that impression. I thought I thought it was something just as a uh, to be ready, you know, not not necessarily mm-hmm. scare me, but to kind of, uh, I don't know, to kind of let me know something different was going to occur. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the kind of impression I get. Yeah, I think didn't Whitley... Also, the story book, didn't he describe owls as well? He did. Yeah. My mom, yeah. my mom did I, too. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about that years ago uh, before any of this happened to me, but he did mention it. Yeah. Yeah. I always found that extremely fascinating why owls always appear. Well, you know, it, it, it is, uh, I mean, it is something that comes up a lot. And, uh, you know, I've had, um, I have had several pe- people, experiencers who have had encounters or even abductions who have mentioned that there there would be owls that would even they would see an owl here or an owl there. Mm-hmm. In my case, it seemed like every day I was getting seeing an owl or having a reference. <laughs> and uh, it was really bizarre because I kept mentioning to my friends and my associates about this that I just can't understand what the hell is going on with all these owls. And, uh, you know, so I don't know, you know, but it did happen. Yeah. I just find that fa- fascinating. Unless these beings just like owls. I I know that sounds really weird, but you never know, right? I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's like something, you know, when, when you look back at the, um, when you look back at the, the Egyptian religion, mm-hmm. uh, the early religion where they had the chimera, like, humanoid with animal heads and such i i i truly believe that these were actually alien beings that were representing themselves in a form where it wouldn't be as frightening to the egyptians right and i think that may be what's going on with the owls that they represent themselves as an owl or any other type of animal to to kind of quell the fear they're in, being encounter, you know, encountering units. Right. So, uh, you know, that's just my interpretation. But, you know, it's interesting that, you know, that I was shown all this with the religions and such 
from you know in the civilizations from history. Well, mm-hmm. and you could talk about the Anunnaki and the Wing One that too. I don't know if that's really true. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, in their in their lore and their legends and religion, but uh, I mean, it may be something to that. Right. And some of those stories, some of the experiences that these people have, it seems like people are less in wooded areas like they used to be. Like my mom grew up in New York State between Potsdam and Santa Clara, which Santa Clara is a really tiny town. It's um, near the St. Um, near St. Regis Falls, then you got Santa Clara. They're really tiny. And then Potsdam, not too far away, Lake Placid, about an hour away. And it seems like my relatives there would see quite a few things. But reading on like more and more nowadays, it seems like people are having experiences right in the average suburban neighborhoods and in cities. Mm-hmm. Like they could be yeah. in a city and they still get abducted. Well, you know, I think the abduction scenario is a generational thing for the most part. I think... Right. When when somebody has say, uh, an ancestor who has had abduction encounters, encounters in general with these non-terrestrial beings, that as time goes on, other generations of that family will experience the same thing. <laughs> and why that is, I don't know. Is it something to do with the bloodline? Some people think it has to do with the, the negative RH factor or some other things that it that is exclusive for that or the DNA exclusive with that family. Cause it does seem to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have dealt with a lot of families who have had this phenomena happen to me. I mean, it happened to them, mm-hmm. even people in the family who were very skeptical would actually have an encounter. Right. And uh, it does happen. And it's documented as well. Do you think certain blood types have more experiences than others? You know, I, I, I think there there may be a possibility of that. I haven't really seen enough to convince me of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have talked to a lot of abductees, and one factor that kind of that kind of is the same. I'd say for 80 to 85, maybe 90% of them is that they have O negative blood. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it does seem to work that way. You know, when you're talking about O negative blood, I think you're rep- the representation of the, I mean, of the population percentage is like 12 to 16%. So if that is the case, that is a pretty high percentage. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, there have been people who have written about that, that the RH factor and the no negative blood has something to do with abduction. But I, you know, I really haven't seen any evidence to suggest that that's really why it's happening, though it may be coincidental. I just think it's interesting that so many people do have that. Right. Do you find, too, some of the people that have been abducted? Do they seem to know before they have a visitation? Yeah, most of the time I do. Um, I don't know if it's a psychic impression or it's an imprint, but many times they they will know. Um, 
I, I do know in recent years that has been reported to me that people will start noticing blue orb, blue lights either coming around the bedroom or where they're at or through the through the windows and such previous to an abduction. Uh, that seems to be something that happens a lot. Right. Uh, I used to see the same thing. I used to have blue orbs that would hover above me at nighttime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize at the time what it was. And I really only know if it was anything associated with that. But in more recent years, I, I am hearing more and more of that. Oh, yeah. They probably, since you do so much research on them, mm-hmm. they are, do you wonder if they're watching you because of this? Because you've come in contact with the people that they have had oh, contact quite- with? Yeah, I'm quite sure there are. I mean, you know, there have been cases and investigations that I think are tied into experiences I've had before as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my team and I have been t- taking the lead on this Chicago Mothman or Chicago wing humanoid phenomena that's mm-hmm. been going now since, well, for the most part, since 2017, but before that. And, um, We've kind of gotten, have had most of the sightings reported to us, and it's, we've been looking into it in, in depth for that period of time. But I think it's mostly, t- I think it is tied into an encounter I had in 1988 with a similar being. And maybe, maybe the reason why that I'm getting these reports now, I can't prove that. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seems so coincidental that it, it's occurring that way. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. This, you know, it just seems that the, the the three people who I'm working with, the two other people myself who are doing these cases now, mm-hmm. are getting the the lion's share of the reports. Wow. Do you think the winged humanoid has anything to do with our alien abductees? I think there's a connection to a degree. Uh, I I believe that they are what they call the terrestrials, that they reside on a dimension linear to our Earth plane, Mm -hmm. the ability to move in and out. And, um, you know, this is something we've been working with more recently because we have had members of our team have communication with them. And uh, but I don't think when you say alien, I, I think there is a distinction because I, I do believe that um, there have there have been instances at O'Hare International where a lot of these sightings are taking place currently, where UFOs have showed up, craft have showed up at the same time these beings have been showing up, and. It's not a cooperation thing. It's more like they're being watched or hunted down. Huh. Well, uh, there is a distinction there. That's interesting. I wonder if they are coming through some kind of porthole. Um, if these creatures weren't supposed to come through there and they're retrieving maybe. them, maybe? <laughs> it may be. I, I don't know. I mean, we have, you know, we started having communication with these these entities back in, um, they call themselves the unseen ones, actually. Uh, back in, I think, 
early fall last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we've been taking baby steps with this. We, we have been very deliberate in our communication and our contact with these beings. But it's, for the most part, a psychic-type contact. There is some physical aspects to it. But in particular, I've got three individuals who are part of my team who have experienced the uh, have experienced these uh, communications. So these humanoids, what do they what do they feel about us? Fear. They're afraid yeah, of I'm, us. I, well, they are for the most part. They're um, they're very aware of us. Uh, where put this, we're very wary of us. Mm-hmm. But they've been around for so long and have experienced so many bad things associated with humans from what we can gather that they do want to be a part of us, but they're very wary about us, particularly males from what we understand. Really? Uh, yeah. They, they've got some issues with males, which I, I believe may have something mm-hmm. to do with, you know, history and uh, males usually took the lead in persecution of these beings. So, um, Sure. You know, well, like I said, this is very, this is very uh, new, and you know, we we just just don't know a whole lot yet. It's very fascinating. Like I, yeah. I never realized people were actually communicating with these humanoids. I find that well, fascinating. Yeah, this is new to us too. And um, but in David's case, I mean, you look back at his, I mean, he's had communication with these beings from the very beginning. Right. So, uh, yeah. I wonder why the reptilian being talks to him, even though he has his orders to do so. Where do they, are they dimensional or have they always been here? I I, I think they're dimensional. Um, you know, even when people say that they, they've been abducted and taken to a craft and what I, I think it may be an area that may they may assume is just a crap, but I think it's something else. Right. I, I think it's dimensional travel for the most part. Um, in, in this one reptilian that was basically assigned to David, it was, um, I don't know. I mean, he told, I guess he told David what he had to tell him. Right. Uh, it's almost like David was picked out to see certain things and then to, to communicate what was going on. I mean, they knew about me. Uh, very early on, they started communicating with David and telling him about me. And they were telling him things that I had never told him about myself. So I, I knew there was something going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had indirect contact with them, but nothing to where there's real communication. I have sensed things and seen things, but other than that, it, it, it just really hasn't enveloped to, into anything like that. So do you think the reptilians fear us or probably, probably I, not? I, <laughs> well, I just don't think they like us. I mean, I, you know, I, I think if, if they're given orders to do something, to, they tolerate us or, you know, sure. they seem to be very, uh, you know, when they get orders, they do what they're told to do. They're very businesslike, and they, and they, they go about their business. But as far as associating, they do what they have to do. And beyond that, I mean, that's just the impression what David told me. I've never really had an encounter with any of these, these so-called reptilians. I heard enough to believe that 
I wouldn't really want one. Yep, me uh, neither. <laughs> they um, sound horrifying. <laughs> well, they just seem to they just seem to have their own agenda and like I said, business like do what they're told to do. And right. you know, I don't think they'd have any trouble taking one of us out if they had to. Oh, that sounds definitely not. And we'd probably be their Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> from what he described. On the lighter side of it, um, I've also had people describe aliens as a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Atlantis, you have the the much taller, more gentle beings. Have you run into anything like that? Yeah, well, you know, that's kind of what was shown to me, too. I mean, I believe I mean, I believe that there at one time was some type of spiritual thing involved with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of lost that. That's why I say I think they're trying to get that back. Um, I, I think that there were a lot of aspects, paranormal aspects, unexplained aspects that that probably involved them earlier on. But they have evolved to a point where they just no longer have that. And uh, I think that's the reason why they're so fascinated with us, because, of, like I said before, we we seem to be able to ascend to another another level when we pay it you know we we're so spiritual uh for the most part and um you know when when humans do die there are periods of time sometimes when you know this life force this energy remains in our earth plane mm-hmm. uh, uh as some type of um uh either haunting or what they call an earthbound spirit uh, some ascend. Sometimes we have to help them to ascend. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it seems like it's a lot of different levels that you, they, they don't understand, but they want to be able to, to experience that. Interesting. That's um, a really something to think about in a sense, because sometimes you hear of the, you know people saying the opposite that they're more spiritual than we are and mm-hmm. more advanced and etc. But that's a fascinating thing to think about. Yeah, I think they are. I think for the most part, that's they may be their agenda to be able to uh, to experience what we experience. You know, it's almost like when you you look into the Bible. I'm I, I'm I'm not one that necessarily believes in the Bible, but you know, angels were jealous of man, and they there were certain things that uh, man had that they didn't, and they were kind of favored by God, according to the fallen angels. And, uh, you know, I, I think that may be that the whole story itself may have something to do with that. Maybe there was a, maybe people realized that a long time back and incorporated that into the Bible. I don't know, but it's something to think about. And, um, it, it just seems that, you know, when they do, you know, of course there's other, it seems to be other reasons, other platforms you know you hear people talk about being abducted for uh you know for uh reproduction and such and i mm-hmm. it does have i've had several of those uh i've had women who said that they they knew they were pregnant and would lose the fetus in the at the end of the first trimester several times actually mm-hmm. you know and uh i actually videotaped uh, a so-called abduction with this woman who was um, 
had been telling me that they had, uh, she was experiencing this. And I put a, I had a camcorder there beside her bed. And one evening, this, uh, I literally, she literally lifted off the bed a couple inches, but it's like something left her. And I think it was her ethereal being leaving, hmm. uh, like some type of bat by, uh, by location. And, uh, and, and, you know, later on when I talked to her about it, she said, yeah, I knew I was, I knew I was being abducted. Wow. And I, she looked at the video and she wanted to know why the body was still there. And I said, well, you know, this is what I thought may be going on. Uh, her boyfriend, the dog didn't notice anything. In fact, they almost like they were knocked out. And that does happen a lot too. Mm-hmm. When others are, others are there, they're kind of just taken out for the period of time. Right. So, yeah. So I, I think that does happen. I think um, I think a, a lot of abductions are are like a bilocation ethereal thing. What are they doing with all of these children that they uh, have with us since they're intermixing? Maybe they're doing the mixing, the hybridization because of this whole soul thing that I I theorized. Uh, are they trying to achieve that through that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to mix the DNA, fix the DNA for something to help them out physically. I, I have no idea. Wow, it's pretty intense. I'm just visualizing all of these children that look very different, but look, look human, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Goodness gracious. So, Lon, what is up next for you with all of oh, the stuff that keeps that. you busy? <laughs> I, um, you know, I just put out a book a couple of weeks ago and, uh, I was working on that. I, I, I don't even know what my next subject's going to be. I've got, actually, I've got a couple I'm thinking about, but, uh, you know, I do the daily blog at Fams of Monsters. I, you know, that's a thing with me. Plus I have a team where we, uh, we get cases and we try to do the boots on the ground as best we can with, with these cases and such, do the investigations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a radio show that I do every Friday night live at 9 o'clock, Fams and Monsters Radio. Yeah, yeah I'm busy. I, I got a lot going on. It's you been do. Like, it's been a lot. It's been going on for 20 years. That bit, But I've actually, I've been investigating since... I got out of high school. So that was the Mm mid seventies. So I've been doing this for a long time. You have. You have. And your book that I got, I I can't wait to get the rest of them. It's fantastic. I appreciate that. I've enjoyed it. I got it just the other day and I couldn't put it down today. I was like, wow. Some of it did have to admit scared me a little bit. Well, it's always been my policy, and I, I tell people, you know, I, I don't sugarcoat things. And, um, you know, I, I, I think they probably want to read the truth. Yes, absolutely. Covering things up. So, uh, you know, yeah, they may be shocked, but, you know, it's it's I'm not embellishing it. I'm just telling it as it, as it happened. Oh, yeah. My mom always was frightened, fascinated, and very frightened at the same mm-hmm. time. Um which I always thought was interesting because she always had all of the books and talked to people all the time and was involved in stuff. But that is one subject that did frighten her. Mm-hmm. But she was always fascinated and talked about 
the beings and and the UFOs almost to like a couple of weeks before she died. And so I always thought that was fascinating. So, you know, she would have loved this show. She really would have. And I so appreciate you spending time for this interview. Hey, no problem. And um, what is your next book that just came out? What is it called? Oh, the book is The Mean Humanoids, Modern Myth or Real Monsters. It has to do with the the pale humanoid phenomena. Are they means or something other than that? Are they a nexus of a new type of human species? Uh, these, uh, these pale crawlers and pale humanoids mm-hmm. have been a phenomena that we've been seeing more so in the past decade or so. And it seems like the phenomenon is worldwide now. So uh, we don't know what we're dealing with, but, you know, I'm, I believe there may be a connection to some memes that they may be thought form manifestations, or then again, we're seeing something that's a, a new type of being. Right. Wow. I'm going to have to stay in contact with you because I would definitely like to hear more about this sometime. It sounds good. You have a good evening, Lon. And again, thank you. And how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can go to famsofmonsters.com or you can email me at lonstricklerfamsofmonsters.com. Uh, all my connections are, are on the website. Yes. And everybody, don't forget when you go on his website, too, you can also donate to his cause, which is really important. And they can get your books on Amazon, correct, Lon? Yes, they're all there. All right. Thank you, Lon, so much. You have a phenomenal evening. Yeah.